Matters of Experience is a project of Larum Ipsum, an experience design company headquartered in New York City. Culture is art, culture is architecture, culture is our stories. I am now so thrilled. You are saying happy birthday two times already. That was going to be my game, you know? But, but, but maybe later, the story of the incredible work. Many people with different practices coming together to help others really get a better understanding of how to be able to navigate through experiences in the world. Hello and welcome to Matters of Experience. Today it's Matters of Experience off the tracks. Why? Because we're in Washington, D.C. at the SEGD 50th Anniversary Conference. I'm your host, Abigail Honor. This is Brenda Cowan. And for those of you who are not familiar with SEGD, that's a shame because it's a wonderful organization and it is the Society for Experiential Graphic Design. So Brenda, we're here. It's day one. It's morning one. We got up nice, bright and early, had that coffee. 5 a.m. That was great. What are your first sort of thoughts, reflections on uh, the first session? There are a lot of people here who know each other and who are meeting each other for the first time. It's the largest gathering in SEGD's history. I think it's over 600 people. I think the thing that I'm really appreciating and that we're going to see more and more of over the course of the next uh, couple of days is the range of perspectives, ways of thinking, ways of communicating, ways of speaking, and ways of sharing. You are about to hear from a handful of folks who have been with the organization since its inception, as well as some new voices and inspirations in the organization. Hey, Gretchen, can you first introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Hi, I'm Gretchen Koss, and I'm Senior Vice President of Strategic Partnerships at GNA, formerly known as Gallagher and Associates, and we are rebranding as GNA. So I have to train myself to actually say GNA as opposed to Gallagher. And uh, I'm basically responsible for both uh, setting up all of our partnerships as well as uh, business development and education. Being that we're looking at SEGD's 50th anniversary, we have to ask, what do you see about your work as being timeless? What is still going to be relevant in 50 years? Um, you know, as I look at what we're even seeing this morning from really young emerging designers, the whole idea of the understanding that experience design leaves this lasting impression. And if the message in the story is there, it's timeless. So it doesn't matter what technology changes and where things go, that impact and that emotion is still there. I totally agree with you. And and I love that you brought up the fact that it doesn't have to be technologically advanced. Because I think all too often people get very excited about new technologies and you can create an absolutely amazing exhibit just with a few artifacts. Absolutely. The whole idea of getting over our skis and looking at technology first and artifacts first and being behind the story is absolutely backwards to doing what we do. So I think it really minimizes the impact from that perspective. And what for you, Gretchen, what do you really like most about what we do? 
Oh, I think it's a collaboration. You're not necessarily the smartest person in the room, but together, collectively, there's this amazing synergy and energy that you would never come out with the same outlook in the end without all of those multiple disciplines coming together. I love thinking about how kaleidoscopic our whole industry is. And I think it's such an appropriate word, really, and because it's very visual, very colorful, very graphic. But in truth, I think that the work of collaboration and the work of working interdisciplinary and cross-disciplinarily, this is very kaleidoscopic. And also, and I think that the way that you work individually, Gretchen, is very much so in that manner. I'm wondering what you think, Gretchen, uh, are, are the opportunities right now in our industry, or I I really should say industries. I think the biggest one is that the idea of these museums, institutions, attractions being that place of dialogue, that trusted advisor, that place where the coming together, the socializing, the energy, the outcomes, the conversations that go beyond the four walls, but that idea that it's no longer about looking at things in cases, it's about getting together getting inspired, and then continuing that ripple effect through the conversations outside. So in terms of thinking about the next best thing in experience design, what do you think that is from your perspective, Gretchen? We have a tendency to go through tragedies and erase them. And our best thing to do is to go, yes, that happened, but I'm okay now and moving forward and let's just forget that ever happened so that we can move along. I don't want us to do that. Because if we do, then I think that we forget the stories, you know, the, the images, the people, the places, and you go, what, you know, if we forget this, then the impact is gone, you know? So I think that if we can remember it in a way that takes that energy, synergy, emotion, the stories, and remember them in the right way, celebrate them in some way to say, what did we learn? Now, where do we go? You know, I think that's it for the experiences. If you were to imagine SEGD 50 years in the future, what do you think that might look like? I think that look, listening today to the same things we were trying to talk through 35 years ago, I think our nemesis has been people don't understand what we do. They don't understand what it takes. We, they don't understand the disciplines that come together. I think that 50 years from now, what I'd love to see is that we don't generalize so much, that we get as specific as we can, we still blur the lines, but that we leave room for flexibility and growing with where things are going. But remember that we have to focus and always be clear about what we do so that we don't feel like everybody's saying they're doing the same thing, which means nobody understands what experience design is. So continuing to hone in and really put some flexible guardrails around the fact that we do something important, but what is it that we do that's different than, and in addition to, as opposed to the same as. I think that it's important to note that Gretchen Koss is a former, a uh, president, a past president of SEGD, and as she has indicated, has had 35 years. How could you possibly have 35 years with this organization? You were an infant when you started. (laughs) I know, it's crazy, isn't it? But I do think there's this personality to this organization that as I'm like seeing people today, it's like so fabulous that after all this time, it hasn't lost that personality. Like it's still here. And then I'm seeing the younger people come in and go, oh, these people are so nice and they actually talk and they want to tell us like what they do. And it's like, if we never lose that 50 years from now, I want to know that we haven't lost our personality. So mentorship is important to you. 
Huge, huge. My main job, our main job, is to build the next generation. That's what we should be doing. And one last question, just about, we're thinking about the next five years of future. Where is GA at with AI? We are really trying to peel back the layers and understand how it is one of the tools in the toolbox, but not the only tool in the toolbox, and where it's disruptive in a good way and disruptive in a bad way. And I think that we're all struggling with that, but we can't rush to judgment on using this. And I think we're really seeing a lot of challenges right now with it. Like any powerful tool, it can be misused and abused as well as used well. Gretchen, thank you so much. What a joy. This was really enjoyable. And I, you know, just adore. I've known Brenda forever and ever. And it's so lovely to meet you, Abby. So great to meet you. Thank you. Okay, so first question's easy. Can you introduce yourself and what you do? Hi, my name is Rich Burns. I am one of the founders of SEGD. I'm semi-retired now. I like to describe it as retirement going poorly because I still am active, but I'm playing at working rather than working. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that you're an underachiever in your retirement or of, of retirement. <laughs> Tell us, what is it that is you know, keeping you going that you love so much that you are finding it hard to retire? I think it's uh, the mental stimulation more than anything else. I, I swim competitively as a master's athlete, and so I work out every morning from 6.30 to 7.30 or 8. So by 8, my, you know, my main focus for the day is over, and then what do I do with the rest of the day? And I don't play golf. So I have to ask you a question because I'm a swimmer. I actually had surgery on my shoulder. I was going to head over to the, to the Nationals in Texas. So what's your stroke? I do everything except breaststroke. So, you know, your work really is timeless. Why is your work so timeless? Like, what is it about the way that you've, you design? Well, I don't know that it is timeless. Uh, my focus uh, professionally has been in the real estate world. So a lot of our work was for developers, both private sector and public buildings. If the communities are still there, mostly most of that stuff goes away once the marketing is done and all the property is sold. I think that because of the voice I had in those processes, and we worked in a lot of really hot markets, like we had an office in Houston in the 80s, and that was the hottest real estate market I think this planet will ever uh, experience until it wasn't. But while it was going on, there was a development on every corner. And uh, we had the opportunity to introduce people to the idea of signage and communications in the environment and did some fairly progressive things in being able to create these, the sense of place, what they call sense of place or placemaking now. But um, then it was really probably more of a commercial venture than anything. And how have you seen, you know, our world experience design evolve um, since? Well, just, just the whole nomenclature alone experience as opposed to graphics. And it makes sense because when, I, when, when the experience, an experiential term came into play and they changed the name, I kind of scratched my head and I said, well, is that just the museum designers kind of infiltrating the organization and suddenly it's a different focus? <laughs> a pox upon the land. <laughs> yeah, really. But um, 
it makes all the sense in the world because that's what we're doing. At some level, we're contributing to the experience. And maybe the navigation part is just making it easier. And I've been in a lot of airports lately, and it's not necessarily easy still. And wayfinding is like the unsung hero in my mind. And it was wonderful this morning when Wayne said that fantastic right. quote of, hey, did you enjoy going to the mall? And his friend's like, uh, yeah, was it comfortable? Did you, did you find everything easily? Yeah. Did you like the signage? What signage? Yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. If it works, you shouldn't notice it. If it doesn't work, it's the most frustrating thing in the world. We would love to know, uh, Rich, what you think the main opportunities are right now in our industry. What is it that folks should really be digging into, in your opinion? Boy, that's a good question. The practitioners of this come from so many different walks that uh, it's almost you need to pursue your passion, the thing that you're most interested in. I don't know that there's a single area, certainly the phenomena of digital and the kinds of animation we're seeing. That's fear. It's, it's an example of as far as you can possibly push it as far as I'm concerned. And um, so I say find what you love and do it, but don't, you know, it's not like there's a better business opportunity here because it's all going to change anyway. So SEGD is 50. There have been a lot of changes in our industry. And this is a big question, but where do you think we'll be in another 50 years? I think it'll continue to be driven by technology and there's no there's no telling. Everything that you're hearing about AI now, who knows how that's going to manifest itself. This autonomous vehicles is... Um, Actually, I've been involved with some people who have been working on the navigational aspects of that for a lot of years, and probably half a dozen years ago, they were predicting it was going to happen a whole lot faster, and there's a lot of political reasons, safety reasons, there's any number of reasons why it hasn't come to fruition, but it's not quite there yet. At some point, you know, you're just going to be able, well, you're going to be able to up telepathically transport yourself. I mean, we won't need signs when that happens. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> the prediction. Actually, I was really curious to know what it is that you are seeing and feeling here at the conference that's really striking you. Well, for me personally, it's a tremendous amount of awe. It's like, it seems almost inconceivable that this came out of the first meeting, which was just two kids getting together talking about signs, which was crazy. And somehow we had the tenacity to, to incubate. The, the, it took a long time. It was 10 years of keeping this thing on life support. And then a few things happened that allow it to kind of prove its viability and vitality. I did a talk two or three years ago, and when the then executive director called me and said, um, his first question is, what do you think of this? What do you think of your baby these days? And I was taken aback, and I thought, my God, baby, this is my baby? You know, I don't think this is my baby. But um, That's the word on the street. There were a lot of people who put a lot of energy into it, so I don't want to take any undue credit. I, I think I'm getting more than I deserve. So. Thank you. Um, okay, so I'll start. So, hello, what's your name and uh, what do you do? My name is Lisa Demetrius and I'm Chief Curator at the Eames Institute of Infinite Curiosity. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Really Hi, great Abby. to meet you. Your Thank talk you was unbelievable. Us, My pleasure. It's been great being here at this, hearing about everyone looking at the past, but to inform the future. So what part of your work is timeless? I feel like this is such an appropriate question it's for you. It's like, because you. you have a lot of, I guess you have huge boots to fill. So sort of what do you feel will still be here in 50 years? 
Well, what I hope is that the generations after me can still keep learning from Ray and Charles's work. And I always feel like my goal is, and it's something my mother would talk about, is allow the works to speak for itself. What I'm doing is simply guiding and pointing a few connections that I see, but I always hope someone begins to make their own connections as they delve deeper. How important is collaboration and bringing people to the table at the beginning of a project? It's always very important, and I think for Ray and Charles, they always wanted to be involved from the beginning of a project, whether it was an exhibit, a piece of furniture. The most important part of the conversation was what was the need? Because someone may come to them with a need, but maybe that wasn't really the need. Or was this a chance to have an opportunity to share and do something else? And I'll give you an example that I didn't even share today, which was when they were asked by Alcoa to show something you can make with aluminum, they made this wonderful machine that does absolutely nothing. It's called the Solar Do Nothing Machine. But the real layer, the, the message was in the message, is that when you watch it working, you realize it's being powered by a solar panel. What Ray and Charles are really telling you is there are alternatives to solar, uh, there are alternatives to, um, to fossil fuels and that there is possibility of solar energy. So that is what's so exciting is when, if you can have, when you get the chance that I have had and being so fortunate to be steeped in this, that's when you, that's when the real, it gets really fun and interesting. Well, this is good to build off of. I'd love to hear what you think are the opportunities that face that you know face all of us right now. What should we be taking the opportunity of? I think today there are so many challenges and actually many challenges that Ray and Charles also explored themselves about conservation and taking care of the environment. I don't think people look at an Eames chair and think like Ray and Charles were thinking about the environment, but they actually were. Ray discontinued the harvesting of uh, Brazilian rosewood when she heard of the impact on the forest and said we need to use other materials. They discontinued plastic and fiberglass when they heard not everyone saves their Eames chair if it goes in the landfill. So when you ask that question, for me what's interesting is that's the question you're asking but what you're really asking is the before and the after. It's a much larger arc to consider. And what, what often is called with Ray and Charles's work is they were very elliptical in their approach, circling, really making sure they understood. So that's why it always just comes back to the need. Do you think that Ray and Charles and you currently are experienced designers? I think we always continue to be more experienced designers. But what I love is Charles never lost the architecture that he was trained in, and Ray never lost the painting. Ray simply called it that she changed her palette. Oh my God, I'm a painter from my background, so I'm just totally going to steal that from you. It's a great moment. But just, I think to have that awareness and um, always thinking it back to that guest host relationship that was at the beginning, it doesn't matter if you're a designer, a uh, architect, a sculptor, you always are thinking of others. And I'm always thinking about how the collection can serve others. And I call it the catch and release program, that I catch all this information, but my job is really to release it, to make it available. So to be at a conference, which is about wayfinding, I kept having in my head how do we wayfind through this collection? The last 50 years for SCGD has been transformative. I mean, you're here today, the place is buzzing, it's alive, people are sharing ideas. Um, where do you think we'll all be, it's a big question, about 50 years from now? <laughs> I hope that all these ideas that are getting explored today have been implemented and not just talked about. The only time I ever saw my grandparents slightly irritated was if somebody talked about an idea and was just jotting it on a napkin. 
they would somebody would say, oh my gosh, but what if it's the wrong idea? What if it doesn't work? You know what Ray and Charles called that? They never called that a failure, simply a misconception. It's going to take a while to act on all of these amazing ideas. I think what's interesting, though, is I think the guests here today and those attending are seeing the power of design and graphic design and that it can actually help us change the world. Oh my God. It, no, it's brilliant. Lisa, amazing ideas. What amazing ideas are you working on right now? We have actually want to be off the grid in two or three years. So we've moved the collection out of there to a space over in Richmond, a, a, a giant warehouse where we can continue archiving. But we're going to be putting solar panels. I think what I have learned is you have to show people you're learning by doing. So we want to show people with the challenges of climate change, of all these things that are happening, that's what we need to address. You saw my son walk by, that's what he's like, mom, you can't change one person's mind, you have to change a hundred people's mind. And so by showing people how we're doing out the land, by, I call it, we're taking the ideas indoors and we're applying them outdoors. I think what's also the other thing is, Coming to a conference like this, it's about scale. So it's not each of us working on our individual projects, but how we can learn from each other. And so that's another way that, to me, the digital world is really important and a very important tool. Ray and Charles always said, if all you have in your toolkit is a hammer, that's how you're going to solve every problem. So part of what I feel like I do with is sharing their work gives other tools to solve problems. Well, Lisa, you are definitely going to be one of the great nuggets of this conference. Well, yeah, I agree. I hope... Everyone will continue uh, to visit us on EamsInstitute.org. That's how we're sharing each iteration that we're doing. And I hope you guys come and visit us sometime. Yes. Do a podcast from there. Oh, we definitely done. will. Yes. Done. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, it was really nice talking to you all. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Okay, so just introduce yourself and tell the listeners what you do. Okay, I'm uh, Lance Wyman. I'm a graphic designer and I do a lot of work with uh, transportation systems. Uh, let me say in my early work, which was uh, what really kind of put me on the map a little bit, was the uh, graphics for the 1968 Olympic Games in Mexico City. And I've been doing that kind of work ever since. Well, that's absolutely iconic work. Oh my gosh, you! so much of your work is absolutely is seminal, really, and foundational. What do you think about your work that is timeless? What do you think is still going to be really resonant 50 years from now? Oh, goodness. Well, some of my work was done 50 years ago, exactly. and it still hangs in there, and uh, especially with the... Uh, the metro in Mexico City, um, I had a chance to do the graphics for that and I chose to develop icons for each of the stations. And uh, the wonderful thing is that it's becomes part of Mexico, it is part of Mexico City now, and the people relate to those icons. I mean, I've heard people say they, they come from the area and then name the icon for the metro station. So um, I try to keep the meaning of the icons positive and important for the story of each station uh, and that seems to work so um, yeah why do you love what you do I love getting out in the street with the work and I guess that means getting out in environments where people interact with the work and uh, that kind of fuels me to really want to do good work and to really want to understand what the work represents because um, a lot of it is cultural it's historic and um, that comes back in a positive way when it's done well. 
You've been doing this a while. I think safe to, I'm safe to say that, right, Lance? And so have you seen a huge change in our industry um, in terms of the different disciplines that have joined it? Or for you, has it been slow progress? Uh, it's been certainly progress. Um, I love this uh, this group that's become SEGD because now it, it encompasses so many different disciplines. And when it first started... Um, it was basically figuring out how how to make signs. So now it's it's really uh, matured into a more of a leadership role in how design interacts. Period. How people interact with design, and I think as people are involved in design and they realize that, they become more uh, adept at using a lot more of their own senses, a lot more of their own technological capabilities and so forth so I mean it's it's gotten it's gotten a lot bigger and better uh, which isn't always the case when things get bigger but I think we've gotten bigger and better bigger better more complex and I think a lot more beautiful so we're 50 years along with SEGD we'd love to know what do you think the next 50 years is going to bring I don't know. I, I, I think some things change and some things don't change, you know. Um, I say that because of my own experience with the Metro, for example. Uh, that system is still working. It's still respected almost like it was just designed yesterday because a lot of it is being designed right now as, as the systems themselves expand. You know, I feel fortunate that my work has lasted and is still being used, and I'm still being used as a designer, but my answer is more personal than being insightful as far as, you know, the next 50 years, uh, I hope it's still working. Well, I think that we are all a lot better off for you, and your work has definitely been such a big influence, and it will certainly continue to be a very big influence. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Who are you? Who are we with today? What do you do? What's your name and what do you do? Uh, I'm Jonathan, and I'm a partner at Entro in New York City. Entro is a signage and wayfinding firm. We develop solutions for the built environment, signage, wayfinding, digital, experiential, really. Just thinking about how people move through space and experience space and helping them do that. What would you say within that is, uh, in the work that you're doing, is timeless? Understanding how people experience the space Mm -hmm. and making sure that whatever we do is responding to that as the need beyond any design questions. So basing it in fundamental understanding of the science of the brain. You know, how, how do you... How do you think when you move into a space and move through a space? If we can understand that, then we can give them the answer to that, and that's timeless. Jonathan, what do you love about the work that you're doing? I am fascinated by the fact that we are one part of people's experience. I think it is an untapped way of working, but this idea that by collaborating with other professionals who have different areas of experience tapping into different parts of the senses. But if there was a way to collaborate and give that type of information and feedback to those we work for and, and with, 
that we would be presenting much more holistic answers than this sequential step of first this person, then that person, then that consultant, then that consultant. Earlier this morning when we were talking with Gretchen Koss, we were talking about how so much of what we do and even how our industry works is kaleidoscopic. Do you see that being reflected in the community of people here at SCGD? I think there's the potential, and I'm sure there are practitioners who are thinking that. I don't think I'm an exception, but I think in the, in the fundamental practice of how we do the work we do, it bleeds into so many other people at the table mm -hmm. to have those conversations. Would you see that, because our, our next question was going to be, what, what's the next big challenge? What's the next big thing in experience design? Do you think this is it? 100%. I just don't know how to get there yet. It's really starting at the end of the chain, right? And, and I was thinking on the, uh, just coming down here, I was thinking, you know, what if you could go to a, a client, a city, a, a institution, and you could say, just tell me what you're trying to solve. I don't want to talk about anything and tell me and the the five other practitioners, 10 other practitioners here, landscape designers, sound designers, exhibit designers, just talk to us. What's your problem? Let me take that away and put that through mm -hmm. the filter of all of these people. So we're all feeding off each other. Don't invite the architect first or the planner first. It's not that wrong, but you're just going to get a, a one-sided yeah response and then everyone else is ultimately just feeding off that. But you mentioned the client needing to do that. How can the client do that when we don't even accept that that's what because what you're talking about is it's progressive, it's new and so how do we persuade the client to even as you said let 10 of us sit around and discuss their issue and problem solve their issue instead of being shoehorned into a solution that they've come up with or one, one group has. So this morning when the SCDD founders were talking, um, it made me think of this again, which is the only way to do this is to take it on the road, is to just say, let's just try it out. Let's go find a university who we know have capital funding to, to put up 10 new buildings or change a campus or, you know, let's, and let's organize ourselves and say, just give us the opportunity to talk to you. You don't, you're not paying us. We're doing this in our free time because we need to test this. We, we want to see if at the end of the day, you give us the challenge, we go away, we come back. Have we actually moved the needle? If we haven't, then we've got some work to do. If we have, now we've, now we've got something to, to hold on to that we can start to, to build on. So what do you see going to happen in our industry over the next 50 years? I think what was mentioned this morning, the idea of the global community. And I think what I've been talking about is, you know, this idea, this integration of process is probably feeding off a fundamental sort of push in a direction. There may be people talking about it, there may not be many, but I think it's coming out of this idea that already, even at a practice, practice level, we are still actually engaging and we're still communicating and there's more discussion. So I think that that is, it is going to be the, the next sort of evolution, which is just all of those boundaries, because the threat of, well, I don't know how to do that, 
or I'm not going to do that because that's not what I do. We're breaking those down. Everyone's aggressively trying to say, how, how does an exhibit designer work? How does, how does landscape work? I need an architect on my team. Those are the kinds of things that people are, maybe because of technology or just, just time in the field and working in the, in the industry, people are just starting to ask those questions. I think that's super exciting. I'm appreciating how uh, optimistic this conversation is, and especially when thinking about an organization that has done so much over the past 50 years and started from like just nothing, this teeny, teeny, tiny little seed um, and took so many years to really take root. And I think that to think about the community becoming so much more, like you said, holistic and working together and so much more unified in the future is a really, it's such an important ideal. And I appreciate that you're seeing that actually happening. It's, it's absolutely happening. I mean, it, that's the amazing thing. It's not, it's, it's not fantasy. It's, right. it, we don't know how fast it's going to progress or quite maybe where it's going to progress, but it is changing. Um, even the EXP group, you know, you see the students coming to that and there are students studying design management and, and fine art. And like five years ago, those people wouldn't have been at this conference, but they all start to see that there's a potential there. They may not know what it is, but they're confident enough to put themselves into this environment and say, this is kind of my world and somehow it's going to, to come true. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you very much for asking me. Wow, Brenda, this has been absolutely phenomenal. And I feel truly inspired to have been able to speak with such an amazing group of people all in one place and be able to share their stories with our listeners. They were so, yes, inspirational and also, I think, invigorating. And, you know, I'm really excited to see what's coming, like what sort of work everybody produces and see folks, visitors enjoying these experiences, sharing these stories. So I just leave with a really strong sense of hope and excitement uh, for what's going to get opened and unveiled over the next year. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed this, please let us know you want some more off the tracks. And uh, Brenda and I can get out and about and share some more of more of the global narrative with you. Please leave a review. Please email us. Let us know any content you'd like us to focus on. And thanks for listening. Thank you, everybody. Matters of Experience is produced by Lorem Ipsum Corp. Tune in next time for more fun discussions about experience design.